are listening to Bringing Grace to the Nations podcast, where we talk about your theological questions. BGN podcast is produced every Saturday for your enjoyment. Get more information on our website, grace-nation.com. Also, follow us on Twitter at Grace Nation Min and on Facebook. Now, here is your host, President of Grace Nation Ministries, Victor. Yo, 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 yo. You have no friends. It's not even original, Griffin, you jerk. It's my intro. <laughs> other people have done that before. You want to know the other person that's done that? The other person that interrupted me? You're just, as cool as you're me, just a wannabe Billy. That's all you are. Wanna Billy? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, uh, guys, welcome back to Bring Grace and Ace's podcast. I am here with Griffin today. We are recording 500 miles away from each other because technology rocks. Heck yeah. And it also kind of sucks because we've been struggling for like the past hour, but that's okay. We got it. We got it working <laughs> and we're, we're set to go. So guys, today we have some like really awesome announcements for all of you. We have officially launched our Grace Nation Ministries like clothing line. It's not, I'm not even going to call it merch because it's not, it's past merch. Merch is like that thing that you get for like fangirls, you know, you're fangirling over something. No, that's not what we have. This is a clothing line. All right, we dropped it. It's on our website, grace-nation.com. You can pick yourself up some hoodies, a dad hat, which Griffin, I'm pretty sure you, you grabbed, you copped yourself a dad hat. Oh yeah, um, I myself the dad, dad hats are pretty dope. You can get like we got shirts, we got all this awesome stuff, and then also once every quarter, so once every four months, we are going to be dropping one exclusive item that will only be there for four months, and those designs are actually being done by like a professional design artist. She is amazing, and so you might want to keep your eyes out because there might be something that you want to pick up, and then of course all that money is going to go towards me getting a private jet because that's God's will. <laughs> <laughs> and I need to travel the world. And plus, if I get a private jet, Griffin, I can come see you all the time. Hey. So, you know, you want people, people buy the merch. That's what I'm saying. It's not merch. My bad. My bad. It's a clothing line. No, go get that. Go get that dad hat, y'all. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm saying I, I, I ordered my stuff yesterday. I got one of everything except the dad hat, which I probably, in retrospect, I probably should have just done it and got the dad hat. Yeah. But I got one of everything. They're in the mail. They're on their way. So, guys... Go check it out. You pay through PayPal. It's all it's all secure, and the products are pretty awesome. And on top of that, if you sign up for our newsletter, you will get discount codes, and you're going to get a bunch of stuff to save you some money on there, too. I tried to make the prices super, super affordable, super reasonable, so check that out. On top of that, I just had yesterday – now, Griffin, I don't think you've ever heard of this podcast, but I had the ability to to, to go onto the Bar podcast – and Wait, this is a podcast? Yeah, no, actually, no. This is a this is a rap. This is a this is a record deal. This is we're oh, rapping. Oh, right okay, now. yeah. See, that's what I thought. Yeah, no. Of course, you thought that you're a rapper. But I was. I got. I had the opportunity to go into the bar podcast. And guys, you need to go check that podcast out because it's called biblical. Like bar stands for biblical and reformed, and like that's a right up all of our alleys. So go check it out. He does, Dwayne, he does some awesome stuff. So you definitely want to head over there. I'll leave some of his stuff in the show notes. And then you go hear me talk on his podcast because you, everyone wants more of me. That's what I, that's what this is boiled down to is everyone just wants more of me. So Griffin. Yes, sir. We are diving into something that 
I've kind of been thinking about for for the past few weeks, specifically because I've been kind of meditating on how I've gotten to this point in my theological journey. Right. And I, I was just kind of I was just kind of looking into my past and and looking at the things that God has brought me through, and I was really intrigued by the way my theology has developed over time. Mm. And I was kind of going through and I was looking at some of the distinguishing factors in my life that that made me go from like this baby Christian drinking breast milk, as Matt Chandler would say, <laughs> to a Christian. I mean, I'm not going to say I'm the most mature person ever, but I'm definitely more developed. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a more mature Christian than I was, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Right. And so today we're we're going to kind of engage in a conversation and talk about what are some things that can help you mature in your theology because we all have one. And then mm-hmm. what does that look like if if you're not where you want to be and technically we should all be striving to to grow in our theology. Right. Uh, so we're just going to kind of give some some of the things that that we've seen in our lives kind of help us and propel us towards being a more mature theologian. Um yeah, Sweet. so that's kind of that's kind of what we're going to dive into today. So I think Griffin, I think you know we do a pretty good job at this. We always strive to define our words, right? Heck yeah! So if you had to give me the literal definition of theology, hit me with it. What is it? Well, like biology and psychology, it's an ology, so it's a study of something. Uh, theos is a Greek word for uh, God, and so it is the study of God. Most literally, the Most word theology literally. means the study of God. Now, if you had to put that into a Christian context, like if you had to put the word theology into Christianity, now would your definition change any? What What does it mean within a Christian worldview? Within a Christian worldview, I would say it's the study of God as given through the truths revealed in Scripture. Mm. Yes. Uh, that's how I would kind of specify it. That's good. Um, and if I, if I were talking to just some random person, uh, like when I tell people that I have a, a major in theology is my degree, I usually, they're like, oh, so you study religion. And I'm like, well, no, I study Christianity. You right. know, sometimes I have to be specific that it's the Christian, you know, quote unquote religion that I'm, that I'm, that I studied. Right. In that theology sense. And that makes total sense. I, even when I was at Trinity in the same degree program, I had to I had to do that. I was like, oh, you study God. Well, no, I study biblical theology. Like I study the Bible, study God. Uh, right. So yeah, so most literally, the word theology means the study of God. And when we put it within a Christian worldview, we're talking more specifically about the revelations that we receive from Scripture. These divine revelations, special revelation that we receive from Scripture that reveals to us the character of God. Right. Right. So. Where do you start if if you are if you've never even touched like you are a new convert like someone has has brought you to the point like God has used someone in your life to to bring you and has, has said the gospel and you have received the gospel and have been transformed by the Spirit where do you start because at that point I mean you have a theology whether or not it's defined or not how do you start defining that theology I mean I think it's in in what we said when we started furthering describing what what theology is, is you start with scripture, you know, because that's the foundation uh, that our theology comes from. And so all theology has to start with scripture. Mm, yes, I, I completely agree. And I, I, I mean, I'm sure you could probably agree with this. Most, most of it, like when our theology has gone through shifts or changes, 
it has been because of a better understanding of what Scripture is trying to tell us. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. I Always. completely agree. And I would even go to say that this is probably, like, if we're talking about where do you get, like, your solid foundational theology, it is all from Scripture. Like, there is no other source outside of the Bible that should give you your theology. Now, there could be sources that point you to the Bible and help you have a better understanding, but none of it should be a part or outside of Scripture. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Scripture is the foundation that we build our theology upon. And so, um, if, if anything you're ever doing, we can, we can um, use other things to add to our theology and to increase our understanding but if they ever go outside of that foundation of Scripture, uh, we're either dealing in wrongness or we're dealing in unknowns. Right. And so we, we can't at that point, uh, you know, be confident in our rightness 100%. You can be like, right. all right, I'm like 80% sure about this, but like it's not completely affirmed in Scripture. So like, yeah, that's where I'm at. Right. You know? Yeah, no, absolutely. And so, I, I mean, I think we have to sit here for a while, especially like if, if – and this is not just something – I think I had kind of maybe mentioned like – I didn't mean to imply this, but this is not just something for young believers. Like oh yeah, for, mm-hmm. for a Christian to mature and to have a be- better understanding of who God is, they have to be rooted in the Scriptures right. intentionally, consistently. Like they, Like you have to be – intentionally reading the word and consistently putting yourself in the word so that you can see these things from God. If you're never reading the Bible, if you're never receiving, because, you know, the scripture is his divine revelation to us. If you're never receiving that divine revelation, you're never going to get a, a better view of God. You're never going to understand him more than what you can through what's revealed to us in scripture. Absolutely. And I mean, it's, I, I, I literally, you know, you're in seminary. I literally have a degree in theology. Yeah. It does not mean that I'm done. Right. You know? Exactly. Like, I still have a lot of work to, you know, I still <laughs> right. study. I still, I still increase in my understanding of theology and my, my personal theology, you know, uh, and the way I look at things and, and the truth. You right. know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, 100%. Absolutely. And I mean, since you're not reformed, you obviously have a long ways to go, <laughs> but you'll get there. And I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. Thanks, okay. Buddy. I appreciate it. Talking about prayer. And, and when I had sent you this outline, I had actually not put prayer in it. Uh, just kind of mm. passed over my head. And then you were like, let's add prayer into there. And, okay. <laughs> All right there. So why, uh, I want you to tell me, why is prayer such an important piece to defining our theology and to having a better understanding of who God is and what his character is? Well, prayer, again, throughout all the scripture, prayer is so highly emphasized as something that should be a part of our everyday lives. We should constantly be in prayer. And when we're building our theology, we should constantly be praying to the Lord, asking for wisdom and guidance as we study the scriptures and, and try to divine what is inside and rightly divide what is inside the scriptures, you know? And uh, and it's not even always just so much a a practice of sitting and dictating to God what you want. And there is such a huge aspect of prayer that is just um, sometimes just listening, right. you know, and, and meditating over the scriptures that you've been studying in prayer and just asking the Lord to reveal, uh, you know, what, what they mean, the truths within those scriptures right. through times of meditative prayer. Uh, I think that's something, something of a lost art in uh, in the modern world. I know it's something I struggle with. We struggle with a society that I personally also have a hard time just in silence. Yeah. You know, we don't like silence, but in those moments of absolute silence, we can really do a good job of just kind of meditating on the word and and just interacting with God 
right. with, the, with the scriptures. Right. 100%. And I think, uh, you know, we, we read scripture and it talks about how, you know, the spirit prays for us on our behalf. And I, I think, I personally think that it is okay to ask God to, hey, like, help me with my theology. Like, oh, give yeah. me a better understanding oh, yeah. of who you are. Like, like there, there's season. Like, there's times when I'm just going to God when I'm about to enter into Scripture, when I'm about to go through a life, whenever I'm in a season, a life experience, whatever it might be, and I'm just like, God, I just want to, I give me you. Like, I just want to see you better and more than what I did previously. And if we that's ask, a, that's, a pr- that's a prayer that's always going to be answered. Yes, um, exactly. And, I mean, Solomon's prayer for wisdom was was seen as noble, you know? Right. We, we read in James. God and ask for these things. We ask for noble things. Right. We'll be given those noble things. Right. And I can, I can tell you, like, I can't, like, well, like, I'm not the person that defines God's will, but it is not, it is not God's will for his children to not know him. Right? Like, yeah, absolutely. And, you know yeah. what I mean? So, like, if we come to God and, and ask, like, God, I want to know you better. Like, we can use the Hebrew word. I want to yada you. Like, I want to intimately know your character and your nature. God is going to be faithful to that. But we we have to ask. <laughs> like, like those who ask receive. If we don't absolutely. ask, then who are – we just ex- – like, nothing's going to happen. Absolutely. So, yeah, so prayer is is huge. And I would say if if we're talking about – some foundational blocks. I think prayer is stacks right on top of the Bible. So like you have the Bible and you have prayer and they're yeah. so closely yeah. intertwined. Um, they, I mean, they, they're, they're almost inseparable. Um, well, a lot of your prayer should be prayer, again, meditating over scripture. Right. You know, especially when you're forming theology, particularly when you're forming theology. Right. Your prayer and your reading of scripture should be, should be close together. Yeah. Absolutely, 100%. because if you're just if you're just reading scripture from it for a sense of intellectual improvement, that's that's an okay thing. But if you do that just by itself, you have a, a you're going to open yourself up to a lot of possible pride and oh, yeah. uh, other other shortcomings and issues that just intellectualism has. But when you pair it with prayer and humble, um, you know, coming before God humbly and just asking for wisdom, that that is such a great way to interact with scripture. Yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. So. Like we said, prayer and scripture are so closely intertwined. Scripture is the foundation that we have and that we can stand on that never changes. And uh, prayer is, is what we do to meditate over that scripture. And prayer is also another way that God can reveal to us his character. So now let's kind of move on from uh, from the Bible and prayer. Now, I'm just – at this point, like I'm just kind of talking through some of my life experiences Griffin's going to talk through some of his life experiences and and just kind of what helped us in this journey of of where we are now theologically. And obviously, both of us, we've already acknowledged we have a lot, we have a long ways to go. Um, oh, yeah. But we praise Jesus for where we're at now because it's only by his grace that we are where we're at now. So I know for me and Griffin, if you want to hop in on here, that'd be awesome. I asked a lot of questions, <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. So like when you read the Bible, naturally there are going to be questions, especially if you're just like, yeah, I just don't really like, I don't know what's going on here. Like I, I'm, I'm oh, confused. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I asked a ton of questions. I, I got myself a mentor. Um, yeah. and, yep. and that was like the guy, you know what I mean? I, and Griffin, mm-hmm. I'm assuming that a similar thing for you. Yeah. Here's what I'll say to that. Um, when we pray for wisdom and when we pray for answers, that doesn't always mean that you're going to like wake up the next morning having a full understanding of what went on. Sometimes that just means that you're going to start asking the right questions. Right. 
and you have to find someone to help walk you through those questions. Like wisdom is not something that always going to be something that we just wake up with. Sometimes it's something we have to earn and God puts people in our lives that can help guide us towards wisdom. 100%. Um, you got to have the right questions to ask though. And uh, it's, you know, there's, you know, when you, when you become a Christian, when you come to faith, a lot of people are brought to faith, you know, that they're kind of hit, someone holds their hand through that process and kind of walks them through it. And that's usually a really good person to start interacting with your faith uh, with, but some people just come to faith, you know, they're reading the Bible or the Lord just works on their hearts. And they're, they're just kind of like, they're just yeah. sitting there like, man, I don't know any Christians. I just yeah. here now. And for those people, I would just say, go to, start going to a local church, you know, start getting plugged in and connected, you know, in the, in these early moments and start trying to plug into a community. And from that point, try to find someone you can start asking these questions to, right. you know, a pastor there or some LA leader or something and start, start building from that perspective. 100%. And that's why people like mentors, pastors, small group friends, like these people are so instrumental and you'll, you'll talk to people and you'll hear yep. people's testimonies and mm-hmm. they'll be like, yeah, like this guy was so instrumental in my life. Well, why? Well, he answered so many questions. He get, he encouraged me. Like he walked with me. Like like that's the role of, of some of these people. And yeah. these people are so instrumental. That was, I can think of a specific time in my life when I think I was, I couldn't have been more than 16. I was probably 15 or 16. And I was, I was starting to really struggle with them. And we're not going to talk about this because we're not getting into it, but I was starting to talk about, we were, I was starting to struggle with Calvinism. Okay. And, um, and, and I was starting to work through that. And there was a, a uh, pastor at my church who he had, he had a PhD, he has a PhD in biblical theology. And I was like, dude, I need, I need someone to walk me through this. And we met together every week and we would just dive in Mm. and like, I mean, we'd go deep That's awesome. and, and just, I mean, walk through these heavy waters and, um, you know, I, I honestly, that was the first time that I ever like feel like I learned, you know, deep technical theology, which right. is, you know, not something that, that you really want to start out with. But I was at the point where I was looking for that and um, having someone walk you through that, that right. has wisdom and experience and knowledge before you is yeah. just, uh, it's an incredible thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, 100, and we could spend a whole episode talking about mentors, but like mentors are there to answer your questions, but they yeah. should also just like be helping you. Like, yeah, like yeah. they shouldn't just be there when you ask questions. But I remember a time when I was, I was a junior in high school and for my birthday, my mentor got me Wayne Grudem's systematic theology. <laughs> and he was like, you're going to read this in a year. And he slid it to me. And I was like, I guess what I did. I read it in a year. And when I like just, just that simple act, him buying me a $30 book is like, here, read this. And then, well, of course, questions came up and I was able to ask them. But more importantly, without that, I could probably guarantee you, I would not be sitting in this chair being able to talk about half the things that I'm able to talk about because of a simple move that my mentor did six years ago. You know what I mean? So, and so it's it's important with mentors that you you definitely find someone trustworthy. Yes. And again, this isn't an episode on mentors, but they, it is such an important aspect of especially early Christianity of having some guidance. Uh, it's also really important to, on the flip side of that, not to idolize a mentor either. Yeah. You know, they're human people. They make mistakes. They're not, and, and not take everything they say as gospel truth. You have to, again, like we say, put everything up against the foundation of scripture. 100%. Um, but mentors can be such and are such a a beneficial aspect to the Christian walk. Yes. Uh, just to have someone. And and you can, and people, people are so daunted by the concept of being mentors. It's really not that difficult, you know? (laughs) It's really just helping someone walk through something that you've already walked through. Right. Um, That's it. And that's really it. Yeah, I mean, that's it. And uh, we're people built for community. I mean, like I said, we can talk about this forever. Uh, And it, but yeah, so true. And so we talked about, you know, Wayne Grudem systematic theology. The next step that I kind of noticed for me was I just read commentaries about the Bible. 
Yeah. That, that was kind of that was kind mm-hmm. of just like a natural next step. And I think it was mainly like my mentor did kind of slide me some books. He's like, oh, you're reading Ephesians. Well, here is a commentary on Ephesians and here and and it really helped flush some ideas out. Right. That, yeah. you know, you read Ephesians one as a baby Christian and you're just, mm-hmm. what it's do like I a- do? You know? <laughs> right. Like you're just like, what? Like, where do I go? Like, this is, these are some crazy new things. Are you read Romans nine as a new believer? And like, these are some crazy things that people aren't used to reading and a commentary right. partnered with a mentor can definitely, definitely mm. help you grasp yeah. some of these yeah. concepts that, that would be impossible to understand by yourself. Yeah. And as far as commentaries go, again, there's hundreds of thousands of comments and there's good and so ones on. and bad ones and that's what i was gonna say there's good ones and bad ones so i don't know if victor wants to i don't know if he would put on the show notes some some links to some yeah some more or less good commentaries but yeah for what sure you really want for a commentary is you want as little bias as possible yes. which i know sounds weird to say from a scriptural perspective but a lot of commentaries have a lot of bias and it's true and so um you want a good one is wayne grudem systematic theology now he he does have every every commentary is going to have a little bit of bias. They're going to have a little bit of leanings towards one way or another on certain beliefs. And Grudem does, and I'm be honest with you, I agree with him on everything. Right? <laughs> yeah. But neither does, do I. He does a really good job, better than most, of leveling the playing field and being like, these are all the sides and what they say, what right. they think. Yeah. Um. It's it is a big old book, y'all. Yeah. It's massive. It is a it, big it old three thousand pages. I mean, it's big. Um, it's no joke. But like, it is a great resource. Yeah. It, it, especially if you're just hungry for theology. You read the table of contents and these are like, the table of contents is literally just questions that, that are like, it's just systematically walking through the, the topics in scripture. It's great. It's a great resource. Uh, yeah. The commentary set that I, that I really recommend, and it's not even completed yet. It's called Christ-centered exposition. It is specifically for like pastors and people who are, who are looking to dissect the text verse by verse. Now it's, it's specifically written to that audience. However, that type of structure, when you're, when you're trying to dissect a passage of scripture, trying to get the main idea, what, what the author was trying to say, like when you're trying to get all these things, like this book does a fantastic job at Mm. breaking it up, giving you the main points, giving you an outline and then walking you through each book. And these, the people that help, write this, these commentary sets. Like these are, uh, you know, Dr. Danny Aiken, he's the president at the seminary that I go to. David Platt writes a few. Tony Morito writes a few. Like these are all really, really, really qualified guys yeah, able to speak on the, on the Bibles and they're, they're solid guys. So yeah. Christ Internet Exposition is definitely yeah. my recommendation. One last thing on commentaries that I'd say is that if you're not a baby Christian, if you've been doing this for a while and you're just hungry for deeper theology, you're looking for some new stuff to read, if you come from a Reformed background, find some like non-Reformed commentaries to read. <laughs> or if you're not in a Reformed background, find some Reformed commentaries to read. Like get, get out of your comfort zone for yeah. some of these things. Oh, get to I, the point where you can start wrestling with some of the ideas yeah. and be like, you know, I, I realized, I think we've had this conversation, Victor, that I realized that I, I had achieved what a, a quote-unquote status of a theologian when I stopped reading books for the purpose of being like, oh, this isn't a book, so it must be true, and started reading books in the sense of, all right, let's see what this guy has to say. Exactly. And let's see if he's right or wrong. Exactly. Like, that's that's where when when you can start reading books from that perspective, that's that's progress. Yeah. No, that's you know? it's, it's a lot. It's huge progress, and that's that's the thing. Like again, laying everything under that foundation of scripture. Of scripture. That's going yep. that's going to put you on the path that you need to be on to be able to interpret things that, that a comment like a commentator may say something you're like well like let me go check and i mean if you want to go listen to the podcast i've done previously where i talk about heresy versus heretic we talk a lot about about the differences and how to notice those things so i definitely go check that out so 
We're going to kind of finish up here. I have a few more that I wanted to talk about. We don't really have time, so I'll just say them really quickly. I watch a lot of sermons from pastors that I look up to. Singles. And then I think apply to sermons that apply to commentaries. 100%. And they're, I mean, sermons are basically, or sermons and lectures, they're video commentaries. That's what they are. They're they're, they can sometimes, if you're an, you know, if you hear, if you learn better through, you know, audio and things like that, if you listen to podcasts and things like that, you may enjoy. This is the podcast. Yeah. I'm I'm also not encouraging you to turn off my podcast and go to listen (laughs) to a pastor. Don't do that. Keep listening to me. I need the views. (laughs) Um, um, And then this one, this one is where I think Griffin and and I might be able to have some good conversation and this will kind of wrap us up is you need to be open to having conversations with people who, you know, disagree with you. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I had Griffin on the podcast today. It's not because Griffin and I are always at each other's throats and we just disagree on everything. Like I think Griffin and I could sit down in a room and, and talk through and we'd be like, yeah, we agree. However, I come from a much more sturdy reformed, background and theological leaning and Griffin does not. And so being able to sit down in a room and to be able to have an intellectual conversation about God and hear the, the opposing sides is, is a huge step, a step that many people are not yeah. able to take. And I'll be honest, yeah. I think reformers, reform people struggle with this because mm-hmm. they, because I mean, <laughs> uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to give you a platform to roast reform people, Griffin, <laughs> but I'm just saying, I think they may struggle with that. Okay. And uh, uh, so do other people too. It's oh, not, 100%. You know, other people two things, too. Two things that you have to bring into every theological conversation is respect for the other side. Always. Um, you, if you're talking to especially your brother or a sister, someone that you know, you and but this applies to all people, you have to be able to walk, know before you start that conversation that you're going to walk away from that conversation in, with a good spirit towards your brother or right. sister. You know, you, like you have to do that. Otherwise, you're creating disunity in the body and you can't have that. Yeah. And the second thing is uh, an openness to change. Like if you if you walk in on if you're believing in your secondary or your tertiary theology and like you can believe that you can be sold out on it, but if you walk into a conversation and you hear someone doesn't agree with that view and you immediately are like this person's an idiot, yeah, and you don't even want to engage with them, you have to be open to the possibility that you're wrong, yeah, you know, and like they might not be able to prove it to you, you might not be able to be convinced, but if you if you're convinced that you're 100 percent right. On topics that are secondary and tertiary that are that are just we are just not able to have one hundred percent right answers on, you're not gonna be yeah. able to have a theological conversation. No, yeah, no, one hundred percent. And I think I think that's where a lot and I just think the cultural climate of the age that we live in kind of fosters this I'm right, you're wrong mentality. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with especially with the political climate that we're dealing with, yeah. so it, it it makes it that much more difficult to be able to engage in conversations with brothers and sisters, and that's one thing that the de- like Satan he's he just he's trying to foster that like he's trying to create a greenhouse of of arguments and, and Facebook debates all this kind of stuff. I yeah, I mean yeah. I'll say the certain thing because as long as it's in respect, like I think. I, a lot of people say there's no point in talking over Facebook. I think there can be some good stuff if you do it in love. I yeah. but but there was this one like literally a few other day a, a few days ago. I commented on something on the pulpit and pen. And if you know about me and my opinion on the pulpit and pen, I can't stand pulpit and pen. I think they're horrible. Okay, and uh, someone had like referred them as a source, and I was just like, hey, like be really careful about referring these people as a source. You know this this and this. And and he replied, and he kind of just like cussed me out. 
Oh, wow. And okay. uh, yeah. like, thanks, Christian. You know, like, like that's not- <laughs> That's not great. Yeah. That's not what you, that's not what you should be doing. And, and this kind of brings me to la- my last point. Like you need to be open to having conversations with people that disagree with you, but you also, more importantly, need to be open to change when you're wrong. And- Yeah. I'll be honest, when you look at, especially in my life, when you look at where I started theologically and where I ended, or where I'm at now, not ended, where I'm at now, they're vastly different. And it was yeah. it's simply, and the only reason I was able to walk through change, the only reason I was open to change was because I didn't and couldn't have an I'm right, you're wrong mentality. You have to check never your pride change. at the door, which is, it gets harder the more theology you learn. But yeah, you know, so the more true. you know, the harder it gets. But you got to check your pride at the door. Yeah, I grew know? up in a very, very dispensational church, a very Southern Baptist church, like very much on that kind of side of things. And then I, I started reading the Bible, started learning a bunch of things, and I changed to be more covenantal and and more reformed. Now, you you give me twenty more years. If if something happens, I am open. To, to hearing arguments for the other side and, and mm. learning as much yep. as I can so that if I'm wrong, oh, God bless, thank you, Jesus, for calling me out of my mistake. You Amen. know what I mean? Like that's where we need to be. And and Griffin, God's going to do that to you eventually when you become reformed. <laughs> and that, <laughs> and that's, that's where we will end this conversation. But I hope you guys just learned a little bit about, you know, Griffin and I's past about how God has kind of brought us to where, we're, yeah. where we are theologically and – I'm just, I'm so excited to see what God's going to do in the next 20, 30 years as we continue to develop. And as you guys continue to develop and as you guys continue to pursue oh, yeah. the Lord, like God, like I always say that our God is an active God, even in his silence, like his silence is active. And, and so God is, is cons- if you are pursuing him, he is consistently drawing you towards himself and we just need to be faithful and, and knowing that God will continue to reveal himself to us. We do that and we lean into him. Guys, 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 guys. God, uh, he's going to do amazing things. And then, yeah, he's going to do amazing Amen. things. I mean, we've seen it in our lives. I've seen it in your life, Griffin. And, oh, yeah. and it's so evident. So we we did good on our time, actually. I was kind of I was kind of scared. Nice. We did good. So, guys, yeah. like I said, we have merchandise. You can go to grace-nation.com. Uh, oh, my line. goodness. We dropped a clothing what? line. My bad. No what? merchandise. We don't what? sell merch here. We don't sell merch here. My bad. We don't sell merch here. We sell clothing lines. <laughs> we sell items. Okay, guys? So go check it out, grace-nation.com. Click on the tab that says shop and pick yourself up a great or bring grace nation hoodie which are fire by the way a dad hat pairs great with a hoodie and and guess what you have to wear under a hoodie a shirt and we sell that too so cop yourself some of that stuff and we have some exclusive items coming out on the store in the future make sure you sign up to my or to the newsletter that we have going out get your coupon codes get you know your when sales pop up you're going to get all the first stuff you're also going to get my book for free so you definitely want to sign up for that you can do that on the website contact me grace dash com. Contact us. Shoot me an email. Grace Nation Ministries at yahoo.com. Shoot me an email. Message me on Facebook. I respond. Guys, trust me. I respond. I want to talk to y'all. So I hope that you guys take advantage of that. Guys, let's all thank Griffin 
for joining us on today's episode, Griffin. Aww. Thanks for being here. I appreciate you. He does a lot of our audio. He, he helps with a lot of the audio stuff. He helps with a lot of you know the production side of things, so we're definitely grateful for him. And we're going to be hearing some fun stuff from him soon Heck and yeah. some people that he's been working with. I can't wait to have y'all on the show. Y'all yeah, go man. check out their single on iTunes, Rejects. Y'all should uh, cop yourself. R-E-J-X. R-E-J-X. Thanks, man. Always yeah, a pleasure man. to be here. Yeah, for sure. Guys, remember, I'm being dead serious on this. You are beautiful, and you are one of a kind. Until next time, take care, and God bless. And that's the show. Thanks for listening. The BGN Podcast comes out every week. Questions? Email us at gracenationministries at yahoo.com or tweet us at gracenationmin. Until next time, take care and God bless.